The following podcast contains subject matter that may be unsuitable for more sensible viewers. Views expressed here do not reflect that of any community that you would want to be a part of. Listener discretion is mandatory. Mama, what this ch***ns me? No, 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 no! All right, we're good. We're good. Okay, yeah, everything's great and wonderful. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Trinifesto, the winner of the 1998 Teen Choice Awards. I am one of your hosts, Madeline Hops. I am joined today by... I was by... one year old. Yes. You... <laughs> it was amazing. You were I was way... not a teen. You peaked at one. Uh, it's all been downhill from there. I have always been a teen. I am, <laughs> was, and always will be a teen. <laughs> Instead of the Jellicle Choice, it's the Teen Choice Awards. <laughs> The Jellicle Choice Awards. <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyways, uh, yeah, as you can hear, there's Amy and Ree. Hi. Hi, I'm Ree. Hi. I'm Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Holy shit. Just that witty bad. Everyone loves when I say, I'm Amy. <laughs> they do. That's the best part of the show. <laughs> it's your catchphrase. <laughs> My catchphrase. Can we, get, can we get merch that says just, I'm Amy? <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. Please, if if you just like a shirt that says I'm. If you Amy. would buy a shirt that says I'm Amy, write it on a postcard, please. Yeah, and send it to Ree. <laughs> send it to Ree. <laughs> I'm gonna read out my full mailing address here on the podcast. <laughs> it's boop, Wisconsin. So today we are talking about yes. something that everyone has been waiting for us to yes. speak on. So uh, yeah, we heard about this film uh, not too long ago, um, and we decided tonight to bite the bullet. And by we decided, when, yeah. Amy told us we were watching this, and so we did. I demanded it. Um, you may remember it from like a year ago, when everyone on like trans Twitter was really excited about how good this movie was going to be. Yep. How much they thought it would be great representation, how uncontroversial the premise was. Yeah, and then um, Um, once it came out shortly then, then shit hit the fan and everyone was going on about how it's the second coming of Hitler. And this movie was called, and here's, I want you to um, splice in the audio from that one vine where the guy like is doing a vape trick and then gets it blown out and just, Adam! (laughs) I don't... (laughs) (laughs) You know the one. Okay, Amy, you know the one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Yes, so, yes, good. we're watching fucking Because Madel- Madeline's like 10,000 years old and refuses to watch fine comps doesn't with know me. Vines. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm still on the, I'm still on the, um, the new grounds. Um, so yes, the 2019 American, uh, comedy film, uh, Adam. It is directed by, uh, Reese Ernst, uh, it's based on the book Adam by Ariel Schrag. Uh, and it's, well, let's kind of get into the synopsis, Amy. Yes. So as soon as I get into the premise, you'll realize what this movie is. Um, <laughs> it is God's proof that he hates us. How do I even begin? So the main character of this movie is named Adam. <laughs> so far, so good. And he, so far, Not so Aiden. And he is, you know, a lonely virgin cishet teenage guy. He's like in high school. Is he finishing high school or has he got one more year? I think he's like in grade 12 or something. One more yeah, year. Yeah. yeah, it's like the summer before his last year of high school. Summer. And nothing. he's like, you know, lonely and bored and no one likes him back at him, his shitty hometown. Relatable. So he decides to blow off family vacation and go live with his rad queer sister in New York City for the summer. As you do. Because um, she just lost her roommate um, and she's like, yeah, I'll take you in. 
mom and dad will pay rent. It'll be There's great. a scene where she's like looking into the room that she's going to uh, rent and it's literally a closet. And she's like, oh yeah, I'll rent you for 800. Looks into the closet. Mm, 1,000. And that was big, uh, <laughs> big, fa- yeah. big Vancouver energy, which I appreciated the representation. Yeah, extremely. So he moves out to New York City um, and quickly becomes involved with Casey. <laughs> with Casey's friend group who are all like radical, queer, trans, gay, lesbian. Like, the entire rainbow of people. 20 year old, like 20 something college students who are doing, you know, queer 20 something college student in 2006. Like shit. having an L word, L word party. It's a period piece, which I like. Yeah. It's a period piece <laughs> set in like the mid 2000s of queer culture back then, which is fantastic. See, but if it was, uh, if it was mid, if it was mid 10s, they would have started a podcast, but yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. the, uh, I love the fucking uh, lesbian bar part where the uh, the thirty something year old poet. You know, this year is the year that my poetry is really going to take off. Extremely good representation. Mm. So, um, so Adam, being as he is a horny teenage Madeline, boy, you are like literally like one year away from writing a p- book of poetry. Listen, like, listen. It's at least it's I had coming. enough. Where- <laughs> I had, you can promote it at the end of the podcast. I sobered up long enough to, to realize that was a bad idea. So that's so you know. I at least have that. So my book of poetry comes out in three weeks. Please buy it. <laughs> it's called I Trans. Jesus. <laughs> oh no, it's called <laughs> Corey. I hardly knew thee. Adam decides that he wants to get laid this summer, and the only people he knows in New York City are Casey, his older sister's queer friends. Um, and all the parties that he's being invited to and all the clubs he's going to are her, like, extremely rad queer parties. Well, there's no straight people in New York. That's just a fact. But he realizes that these people at these parties and clubs are clocking him as a trans guy because he's acting like he's in his 20s, but he's a 17-year-old boy who Or as a looks trans like a woman boy. in that one scene, like in the bathroom, which is like... No, I, no, no, no. That was... Um, I'll, I'll, I'll actually explain this part. So yeah, he goes to a club, like a... I think they call it like... I forget. It's like a, a lesbian bar. They call it a dyke bar. Yeah. Yeah. They go to a lesbian bar, um, and there's this 30-year-old blackout drunk lesbian who... I loved her so much. Hits on him. Um, she thinks that he's a trans guy, um, which I will, they, they go into the bathroom and start making out. Um, and she's like, she makes a comment about how he should pull out his dick because he wouldn't be packing if he wasn't going to use it, which like, that's her saying, you know, I felt your packer in your pants. Um, so let's pull it out. And then she whispers in his ear, I love tranny dick. I love Tranny Cock, and that's where I love Tranny Cock. That's where the movie took a turn for me. That's where it went from like, okay, this is just a fine dumb teen movie to like something else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like up, like even up to that point, there were still some moments where it was just like it was really like, like it was hard to stomach and watch just because of relatability. But we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah. No, I I can see how you thought that she cocked him as a trans woman, but no, I'm pretty sure there was a line about his packer. Mm-hmm. Um, and her clocking him as a trans guy. Um, there's a recurring theme in this movie, which we'll talk about more, which is all of these lesbians who are happy to fuck a trans guy, um, which is something that the movie itself is quite self-aware about. Solidarity? Um, but yeah, so he realizes now that he is potentially being clocked as a trans guy. He meets someone, another girl at this party named Jillian, who is a lesbian, but decides that she's interested in him because she's like 
opened dating a trans guy not a cis guy but a trans guy and you know she's never done it before but like you know it's she'd be open to it um they like kiss he decides he wants to keep seeing her but he has accidentally implicitly acknowledged that he is a trans guy to her even though he wasn't actively trying to begin this deceit but he kind of falls don't into make it. excuses for him <laughs> okay <sure. laughs> I mean, I like that moment. Um, God, I'm going to get so canceled for how many good things I have to say about this movie. <laughs> I like that moment because there, there is that thing that happens where you accidentally fall into a lie where like someone says something that isn't true about you that you don't immediately deny. And that's what he does. Um, and he just keeps perpetuating this lie with her. So they keep, you know, going out. He's living with um, Casey's roommates. He gets to know... This guy, Ethan, who she's living with, who is this old, older, like mid-late 20s kind of buff, hot guy who like helps him figure out masculinity and like gives him hot shirts, which somehow they're the same size, even though Ethan's jacked and Adam is like a skinny, scrawny teenage boy, but whatever, and helps him, you know, identify the clitoris and such. King. Yeah. So. (laughs) It's the little knobby thing. You know, it's like the little knob. (laughs) Yeah, they... Adam increasingly gets involved in, like, rad queer activism as part of his attempt to get laid and to keep seeing Jillian and to sort of immerse himself in the social group. And more and more people start identifying him as a trans guy, and he keeps not denying it. And so he starts researching trans guy shit. He's watching YouTube videos about binding and about tea. He's reciting his testosterone dosages so that he can, like... He, he memorizes the name of his top surgeon, this kind of thing, <laughs> so that he can better play the part. He goes on these days with Jillian. They go to some, like, weirdo art exhibition, which very on brand. Um, they go to, like, a BDSM scene party. You know those things? That, was, like, that one, was, that one do, was pretty rough. Yeah. That was so rough. Such a rough scene. That was... That hit. <laughs> And, like, Casey's there, so he dresses up in, like, the leather so that she doesn't identify him. Fucking nuts. Um, Casey separately is also figuring out her own sexuality. She's, like, gay, but she was seeing a trans guy, and now she's chasing after a trans woman. Someone accuses her of being a chaser for that. She's, you know, messy and clearly only involved in activism to get laid, um, which also good representation question mark <laughs> so yeah so eventually well yeah he's he starts hooking up with jillian by like wearing her strap her on strap on yeah. which like those scenes are also incredibly uncomfortable the sex eventually it becomes there, there's like a conflict between them because he's like lying and she's like uncomfortable and to keep getting laid with jillian his friend from back in his shitty suburban hometown comes out to visit him. And they have these incredibly uncomfortable interactions where, like, um, Adam asks his friends to, like, not tell anyone that he's not in his 20s um, because he's lying about his age to everyone else. And he also tells Jillian not to tell his friend that he's trans because he doesn't know, you know, he's not out to him. Yeah, the whole lying about his age thing is a uh, is a bit of a problem. Oh yeah, that that's something. That, 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 that's uh, rough. That's me, that's too. one of like the more like just uncontroversially rough parts of this movie. Yeah. So, but it, it, it there's also this thing that it I think also gives his character a little bit more plausible empathy 
because he's this teenager who doesn't know shit about shit, who kind of gets wrapped up in this world he doesn't understand. And he's like, you know, morally wrong and ethically fucked, yeah. but also like a little bit more sympathetic. But anyway, yeah. And it, it also like <sighs> tragically explains a bit of why everyone keeps clocking him as trans. Anyway, moving on. So there's, he, he um, and his friends winds up coming back home to the apartment and on the TV there's like a murdered trans woman who is being misgendered by the newscaster who was murdered in like a trans panic type situation. And Casey and her friends are upset about it on the couch and Adam's friend starts making transphobic comments being like, well, you know, she shouldn't have tricked him. And like, if I, I would be pretty upset and like, I don't think she deserved to die, but like, you know, she- That scene was fucking hard. Should have disclosed. It was really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and then Ethan, Ethan, the hottie, um, older roommate who was helping Adam figure out how to fuck and how to be masculine and cool and grown up, um, comes out as trans and is like, you know, I'm trans and like, I don't always disclose. Do you think I should die too? And so, like, Adam, is, who had, like, tacitly endorsed his friend's shitty comments, gets really ashamed. His friend kind of fucks off forever for the rest of the movie. I don't know what happens to him. He just goes back home. Yeah, Adam starts to be much more ashamed. Ethan and him have some distance. And then Adam decides that before he goes back home, he's going to go out to trans camp, which is this, like... I want to go. ...trans pr- radical protest against... a. Non ex- non inclusive music festival. Is that still a thing? I feel like I heard about this like what trans camp a couple years ago. Yeah, it might be. Huh? It's definitely based on a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's just Camp Krusty. It's rebranded. So he decides to go out to this to spend some more time with Jillian, even though they're like growing apart. Before he goes back, um, he goes to this thing. They do pronoun circles. It's very very radical activist energy. Yeah, which I mean, I feel I feel like it was a bad representation of pronoun circles because they're never that comfortable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he comes out to Jillian as cis at trans camp. I'm so proud. Um, oh, yeah. You love, you love he to says, see it. He says, I love you and I'm not trans. Um, and she says, I know. Because she had basically pieced it together a long time ago from the fact that he's actually not a good liar. Yeah, which is which was kind of funny because they were like, oh yeah, you just suddenly started, you were clueless and then suddenly you started knowing things and it all sounded fake, which is... It all sounded incredibly re- rehearsed and... Yeah. yeah, that was a little bit, that was a little bit funny. I found that funny. Oh, there was lots of funny moments as well. Yeah, so she had known for a long time but hadn't brought it up with him because she liked, in a way, part of her wanted to keep pretending that he was trans because she was attached to her lesbian identity and even though she was genuinely attracted to him, she felt that it made it less straight if she believed that he was a trans guy, which she admits is pretty fucked up and transphobic. Like, she says, that's pretty fucked up and transphobic if you think about it. And, like, she's like, you know, we were both doing fucked up things here, and, like, this is this was us both being wrong, and, like, she ad- comes out to herself as bisexual. Um, he... And then they kind of part ways after trans count. Which I didn't know how I felt about, because that kind of felt like he was... For a second, it felt like he was getting off without any consequences. But yeah, then that's how, kind of how they I felt broke, too. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, bisexual. Oh, but we still can't be together. Like, I didn't really... Yeah. Still, though. Yeah, but yeah, we'll touch on that shortly. Yeah, so, he, you know, he apologizes for all this lying to her. But then he comes back to New York and he 
it seems like he's gonna go try to be with Jillian again right before he leaves. Yeah, they have like, like the, the building, like Lost Campesinos ass music key. Yeah, like yeah, we're gonna have the yeah exactly like we're gonna have the happy romantic ending where he goes and reunites with Jillian and they live their truth together. But actually, he goes to a diner and meets up with Ethan and explains what happened to him and apologizes to Ethan for being fucked up and transphobic and for being shitty about his friends. And then they and hook up for... and the credits roll. <laughs> and Can you Jesus imagine? Christ. Can you imagine? That would be the worst. <laughs> and Ethan is pretty fucking pissed, but eventually kind of accepts that Adam is genuine in his guilt and apology and sincerity and that's kind of how the movie ends is that was honestly like a good ending to it like i like peace and adam coming to terms with what he had done and becoming a genuinely good ally um and acknowledging all of the fucked up things he did and yeah that's how it ended so that's the movie adam 2019 yeah recent and this movie took like this movie took a while to come out right yeah so it looks like it started, production started in November of 2016, or at least the, it was announced to be started around there. So it's, it was a while yeah, in production. Yeah, it took three years to get made. Yeah. So, uh, so obviously there's a lot they to They switched it. directors. Yes, they did that too. Um, actually, let's touch on this. Um, let's touch on the production. Okay, because cool. Because yeah. I have some information about this too. So they, yeah, switched directors at one point. I think the original director was going to be cis. Yes, it was going to be, I believe, a cis woman, but then... Um, they switched the director to Reese Ernst, who is a trans man, who is the director of this film. The The writer of the book and the script was a cis lesbian. All of the trans characters, as far as I can tell, are played by appropriate actors. Yeah, so shout um, out to that. Jillian is actually played by a non-binary person, as well as, like, you know, Ethan is played by a trans guy. Um, I think that most of the gay characters are played by actual gay people. The, mi- the more minor trans characters are played by trans people. Like, kind of did everything right in that respect, in terms of, like, for the most part. I mean, you can have grief or grief with, like, um, the screenplay and book being written by a cis lesbian. But in general, you know, this was a movie by, like, queer people for queer people with a trans director yeah. and with appropriate And casting. all of the delivery felt pretty genuine, like, because of that. Yeah, so actually, yeah, let's let's quickly, because, um, I mean, if we're good, we'll just segue right into that next part, which is the, uh, like, the depiction of queer culture in general. It's, yeah. it's, so, like, my thoughts on it are that it's a, in a kind of a gross summary, is that it's, like, a critique of queer, like, there's a lot to it. Um, but in terms of the queer mm-hmm. culture element, just that part isolated by itself, I feel like it's queer queer culture's critique of queer culture in terms yeah. of just like, and I think that was why, because originally when we started watching this movie, I honestly did not think I was going to get through it. It was fucking mm-hmm. hard. Like, I can't watch The Office. It is really painful. It is it's rough. Yeah, it's not like girl rough. It's not like it's not like a weird torture porn thing. It's just like it's 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 got it. Like imagine the most distilled moments of like I, I would say extra in queer culture, and they managed to show a lot of that on display fairly well. And so in yeah. that part, I actually really liked this film um, because I thought it was yeah. like, like the jokes, like the little things, like like the cuddle puddle watching Netflix. Um, the fucking just going casually hanging out and watching the L word. Yeah. 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 Watching the L word and calling it out for being transphobic. Yeah. Or, (laughs) or like, or somebody walking on somebody in the, or the, the, was it the sister walking in on the brother and he's like trying to hide his laptop and she just announced to all the roommates like, yo, he's looking at porn. Or one thing that I know, one that jumped out at me was when, um, they were at the bar with Adam's friend who was coming from out of town 
and they were having talking about something and then one of the other trans guys is just like so adam where did you get your top your top done i'm going to this place i'm getting this done and like just throwing in like these like sort of fairly like complicated like fairly intense like queer subjects into like the middle of other conversations in mixed company yeah in in the exactly the way that actual trans people do it it, with the language that we use because this both felt super alien to me all of the depictions felt really alien to me as in my experience with queer culture now but felt very, very true to me, like, yeah. the first couple of years of transitioning. And the other time, yeah. back well, when yeah, I... Yeah, when you're much back, deeper yeah. in this kind of scene. And back when I either we hung got out, out with people... We yeah, got no, out. That's the important thing. It reminded me of, like, yeah, like, the, the people... When I hung out with other people who were either only a couple of years out of transitioning, a couple of years into transition, or one year into... Or not... Or, like, one year into transition, or the people who all the people who were many years in transition who only hung out with people who were like one or two years into transition. Yeah. And self-consciously queer spaces mm-hmm. and what that kind of creates as a culture. Yeah. And I mean, like it, it I thought it fit, nailed it fairly well, like into the way, like all the different it, groups yeah. interacted with each other, like the flow of conversations. And Rhea, I thought you had a really good point, which is that like, we've been down this road. Um, and I think pretty much universally, at least most people have at least been down this road. Um, but like watching it from the outside, and this is why I thought it was more of a critique. It was like, man, some of those moments are pretty awkward, even though I've been in them before. Yeah. Well, it's a critique. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. both a incredibly faithful and honest and I think accurate like depiction of what these cultural spaces are like and what kind of interactions you have with them within them, but also like all of the baggage that comes with it in terms of like consent and like sexual mm-hmm. messiness and like the, the ways that queer people interact with, act with each other. One thing that I was mentioning in the synopsis that I think this film critiques quite well, um, even though some people in fact took this as part of like their criticism of the film is the way that trans men got included with like under the woman umbrella by a lot of like the cis allies allies unquotes and spaces within the film Mm -hmm. so like trans men to a lot of the lesbians in the film were treated as less like he him he him lesbians almost yeah less less men than cis men and so like they were open to dating them which both the film recognizes self-consciously is bad they explicitly say this is like transphobic and we are that these characters are doing a bad thing by doing this but it also is a thing that happens. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, that's, that's like the hypocritical nature of it. It's just like, there is like, it is absolutely not okay. And, but at the same time too, like the one trans guy friend that I, I do have, who's just like, he, he is totally fine with. Well, yeah, it's, and if, and you know, it's complicated because yeah. I think most trans men in general are not okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like, especially this time period, but even in general in queer spaces that happens, Yeah. No. you know, that's, and it's, it's clearly done from an insider perspective. It's a critique that comes from within. That is like, this is a problem mm-hmm. that our woman only, in quotes, and like our lesbian spaces and our discourses around lesbianism have, which is like, trans men are men and we need to stop treating them like anything else. Yeah, mm-hmm. and... It's and it's the little details that kind of made up like gave the authenticity to the culture critique like the little things too like mm-hmm. on, on the lighter notes uh, the the art on the walls of the queer kids like it's my l- wall right beside me is like literally with like art pieces and stuff like that and so like every single queer person I know has one of those I walls don't have, I don't have one of those or like walls. In the, oh yeah yeah what <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, or stop invalidating yeah, me. <laughs> 
I mean, you're so sis. <laughs> so sis. <laughs> I just have live, laugh, love on my wall. Um, or even the thing where it was the movie theater uh, when they went to the art theater and they had like the, uh, which director directed this? And it's just these like foreign film directors. They all sound the same. Like mm-hmm. that fucking, like it was so good. There was really good. Uh, the little tiny things are what made it like down to the clothing, down to the mannerisms, um, the authoritative nature of, um, and this is not to say that I guess this is good, but this was kind of an interesting conversation we had in Discord, which was the one aggressively hypersexual trans woman in there, uh, the militantly uh, so. So, 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 yes, that's so I'm, I'm just, I just want to say that, like, Re is not happy yeah, about so, that. Um, we this is a very good part like part of reviewing is is that obviously we have to put uh our own uh take on it like every piece of art it's appreciated different by the people that see it there Mm -hmm. is this one character in here that i guess before we get into the next part let's just quickly explore that character because i feel like we have a lot of things to say about her yeah hazel who is who's part of queers against gay marriage yeah so like just to give you like (laughs) very very also just i want to pause and say this movie if you haven't seen it and you want to get a tone um, go back and listen to our itty bitty titty committee. Uh, yeah, video no, that's fair. That's fair. Episode. Very similar vibes. I just, it's like a lot of it's like that for millennials. Yeah, and so uh, it's perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, just to give it like a brief, there's this hypersexual trans woman. It's a relatively small role in the film. She's of like no major consequence. She's an activist. She's kind of butchy. Yeah. She's assertive but the, the the part that like hypersexual is fine but there's a certain ism and i'm, I'm going to say what it is and then i'm going to figure out how we're going to present our arguments for this which is there is one scene in particular where she is at a party uh and the sister of the main character is there casey and this uh trans woman goes up to casey and just says like very authoritatively i like you we're gonna go have sex right now and it's like okay like can you imagine if she wasn't okay with it yeah like so God. So here, here, yeah. okay, okay, okay. We're just gonna take a nice deep breath. Everyone's gonna just take a moment of silence. Okay. Oh, that's so predatory. Okay, yes. So uh, actually, before uh, maybe Re and I go, Amy, you had thoughts on it before we get into it. So yeah, I mean, I, I am, um, I guess, in terms of, especially compared to Re, a little bit more sympathetic to the movie here. I think that in the text, I, she isn't necessarily predatory. I think that definitely. When I saw her, I projected a lot of my own experiences Same. with certain yeah, trans no, women likewise. onto her. It wasn't, it wasn't intended that way, but that was just the yeah. way that I think all three of us read it based on like our yeah. experiences. Like, there's a lot of tropes around that type of trans woman that get... like There's a lot of baggage for them to interact yeah. with. On the other mm-hmm. hand, I also think that there is possibly, depending on how you feel about how predatory she was in the text, Yes. There is some room for a trans woman character in a movie who is butchy and assertive and sexual, openly sexual and dominant. She's like a top to be depicted. And like, I think that they try, they were trying to do that. Mm -hmm. They weren't, I don't think they were at least consciously trying to reproduce a trope. I think they were trying to do and something I, and I would, different. Yeah, and I would agree with you. And and I and I and that's why I'm saying like it's hard to sometimes separate the personal perspectives because I agree with you entirely. Which is that I don't think that's how they meant to display the woman because like she was I guess like just like, we say hypersexual, but like realistically most of them were hypersexual. Um, so I don't think she was necessarily she didn't stand out even in that part. There was just a certain mannerism of certain. Uh, we will I will refer to them as tropes within the trans community. 
of certain predatory behaviors of certain trans women that also looks very much like that. And so it's yeah. it's it's super uncomfortable to see out there cuz cuz Amy's right. Like at the same mm-hmm. time too, it's nice cuz it's it's nice to see like all the trans women or most of the trans women I've seen in films, actually I think about it, all of them are are always very soft-ish. I think the hardest one I saw was the one in Boy Meets Girl. Yeah where it was more tomboyish. So it is nice to see some more fleshed out representation. And the good I mean, news... she was pretty trout yeah, to be to be That fair. is true. She was she was super trout sewing her own clothes. Queen. Yeah, absolute. Um, but the good news is like it like the entire film had lots of diversity of representation and I thought it it, yeah. it, it did it because that wasn't the focus of the film, but I think it did a pretty good job of assessing at least unique parts of each that maybe if you're not part of yeah. that group, um, you don't really know that much about. Now let's turn to Reeve for the vicious oh. criticism. I just, yeah, just for two things on the Hazel character, just uh, one, I think the act, the person who played the character is non-binary, but we're referring to she because that was the, um, it, what the character was. Yeah. So because we're yeah. referring to the character, I just wanted to point that okay. out. Um, but also something that, like the way that we talked about this, how this reminds us a lot of, of the people of ourselves and the people we hung out with during the first, you know, year or so of our transition. The this character is presented as this sort of aggressively and aggressive and hypersexual in this situation in a way that people who are like that in the trans community that are predators are seen as non-problematic by the people who haven't, like, been on the wrong side yeah. of it. Yeah. Which is something that, like, I just kind of wanted to... I just I just kind of wanted to, to say that. Because that's... Yeah, that, cause I mean, that's it, yeah, true. Because it seemed like... Yeah, like, oh, this is... this. The, the, what's wrong with a person like this? What's wrong with a trans... Like, an aggressive trans woman who'll just come up to you and say that she wants to fuck you? Well, what, what what could possibly be wrong about that? I think that's very liberating. And, 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 and in a certain sense, like, you're absolutely right. Like, there's a liberation to it. But it's also the fact, too, like, I, I think you said earlier, like, what happens if she'd said no? Like, how would that have looked? Um, but in, like, the real world, in terms of, like, the actual trans women that do that, they usually go after um, younger, more vulnerable trans women. And in this film, too, like, the... that. That that character was hitting on the sister, and I mean, like the sister was coming to terms with herself as well. So, mm-hmm. it it did have this predatory nature to it. Now, again, I don't, I don't, I do not think that was the the film's intention. And I think a lot of this is based on like, if you know of these people, you're gonna see it. Otherwise, you can take a positive mm-hmm. away from it, which is just a very good assertive yeah. role model. Which but again, it, it's just it's the cool. fa- the the fact that it's not this film's intention makes it feel more like it is being written from the perspective of somebody in this sort of specific part of trans culture that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Even though it's being written by a cis lesbian from outside it, so yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But, uh, like, yeah, and like I said, I, I, I think that, I think it was a good thing to have in there. I think it's a good conversation, and honestly, I, I would love to see more. I don't know if I want that necessarily. No. In well, the no, least. we're not going to do that. I think that all all you out in podcast land yes. need to have those kinds of conversations with each other. Please, as we stumble over our words to delicately approach the subject that we definitely should move on from. Anyway, so, yes, um, the one trans character in there, uh, lots to talk about. But, yes, so let's move away. Well, from... I mean, there's a, bunch, there's a lot of trans characters yeah, in there, there, but that there, one's yeah, there sorry, that one, trans characters. That so one. There's also other trans women. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. like that one woman at trans camp who, Oh, like, Oh, also, also Serrano. one more, literally one more thing, the fucking queers against gay marriage yes. bit, the fact that they just kind of let that happen. Like they just like, they were, they're yeah. having, a, they were having a march for, to support gay marriage in the mid two thousands when that was serious shit. And then there was like the trans guy that, um, Casey was the sister was dating and no this, she like, like had the, recently broken up with him oh, yeah right and then or been okay dumped. 
and then this other trans woman, like, you know, being all militant, being like, no, we need to be sub- focusing on, like, we can't, Material. we shouldn't be marching, we shouldn't be marching for the right to, for rich, straight, or, I mean, rich, white, gay men to get married, we should be fighting for immigration reform, and it's like, yeah, but... But this was also a real thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah well, that's what I, I was guess. just going to say. It's, yeah. it's, it's one of these, like, there's those moments, and I have them every once in a while, where it's just when you're you're hanging out with friends, and it's just like, like, somebody says something, and you're like, well, you're technically right. You're being a dick, but you're technically right. No, it's li- it's literally like, <laughs> ma'am, this is a Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's also like... This this was a real debate before gay marriage was. Yeah. Well, it's the it's the itty the itty bitty titty committee like and yeah, that, it's the same that thing. movie covered that. And it's still it, it's nice to see that that trend still survives. <laughs> no 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 election revolution. <laughs> the best part of that scene, the, my favorite part of that scene, is that Casey was there to protest for gay marriage, but then she saw that Hazel, who she wanted to fuck so bad, was on the anti gay marriage like boothing thing, and so she immediately switched sides. <laughs> Because she wanted to fuck Hazel. What y'all like, do that? People do that. Stop yeah. doing that. If you catch yourself doing that, stop doing that. If you if you like Ayn Rand, just say so. We can we can work something out. I like that moment where Adam calls his sister out for being like a fucking spineless follower. That was yeah. no, very none good. of her own opinions and just wants to fuck people. All right, and go along with what other people see. Say. Again, if this movie if this movie was set in like the mid the mid uh, tens instead of the mid aughts, he would have just called her a liberal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, boomer. <laughs> so let's move on. All right. So yeah. So now let's let us move away from the 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 culture that it that it tends to critique. Let's move away from that into the film itself and more the the, the storyline premise, which is the the um, I guess what is it the the cis deception. Uh, I guess is the best way to phrase yes. that. Um, so yeah, the the, the idea is, is that Adam, Adam has been lying the entire time uh, about being a trans guy to get sex. Yeah, to get sex. And to fuck. And yeah, and like I don't like that. And I think that was kind of what ruined the movie for me, if I'm being honest. Like the rest of I mean the rest of it was okay, but like I do not re- I don't like Revenge of the Nerd plot lines. And yes, it tried to be woke about it, especially with that ending, but it's still like I don't know, it took away from everything else. Like I was too fo- like focused on the uncomfortable nature of that to really appreciate almost everything else going around it. Yeah. Like can you imagine how uncomfortable this movie would have been if it was a like if it was gender flipped, if it was like a cis woman pretending to be a trans woman or something yeah. or maybe like if they had it oh a cis, the cis guy was clocked as a trans woman and then started leaning into that. Like there are like so many like really minor variables that could have made this so much more problematic than it was it which was already like at least like controversially yeah. fairly problematic yeah so yes i mean this premise when everyone on twitter saw just the one sentence synopsis of this movie like it's really hard to s- step forward from that mm-hmm. um it's really hard to see it as anything but just like atrocious as a premise um, well, you I know, have... I mean, cis guy, cis guy is pretending to be trans to get uh, with women that to get with um, lesbians. Yeah, like, like the... isn't that the great turf boogeyman? Like, yeah. is that something no. that we should be? And well, it's I mean, like it's it's also too like it's like it's it's not like I guess like the actions themselves are indefensible. So the real argument is more along the lines of is it useful as a plot device? And did the end of ending yeah. did it justify the means? I. I like the, I said this before, but like, I like the idea of like, that's why I like Rocky Horror. Cause it was like the idea of like, you know, cisgendered hetero people being taken along for the ride. Yes. That was wacky and more out there, but like the same idea transferred over here. 
And oddly enough, now that I say that, like that was also very sexy, rapey kind of moments as well in in, in the Rocky Horror mm-hmm. Picture Show. So I don't, I like, I don't know. It's hypocritical if we don't call this out as well in a way. Maybe not as completely because again, it does take moments yeah. where it is self-aware and, and like it makes the, you know, it does condemn the, it does condemn the main actor for, you know, or the main character for his, his role in all of this. But, you know, it's it's a lot like you could still have a redeemable part at the end by having a person do shitty things. I'm thinking of the Scott Pilgrim books. Like, you know, it's like Scott is a shitty person throughout all of them. But by the end of it, he has redeemed himself. So I guess that's the question I would put out to both of you is like, do you felt that that shitty plot device was justified or was like the payoff was worth it? So, I mean, I do. Yeah, no, please go. Some qualifications. I will definitely be the one here getting in trouble for defending this. Too overzealously, maybe. That's okay. We'll just say something more outrageous about, like, eugenics and, you know, it will be the least problematic thing on the pod. (laughs) We we just got to kill all cis people. Yeah. (laughs) I have, I guess, two main points to make on this. Um, The first is that I don't necessarily think, like, I mean, this is like the fucking, you know, Joker type take, which is like, I don't think that a movie has to have their main characters be A, like, good people, mm-hmm. B, do good things, or C, be morally redeemed for the movie to be good and unproblematic. I agree. Yeah, I, agree. I don't think that that's a prerequisite for, and like, for me to find a movie unproblematic. Obviously, Adam was doing problematic, borderline, rapey shit yeah. in this film. And that's why I was asking about like the end result, because I yeah. agree with you entirely. So like, obviously, nobody has yes. to be good to be the main character. Yes, obviously he was. Um, so number one on that, I would say that part of this movie is his arc of understanding fully what he had done and coming to terms with it, understanding why it was wrong, acknowledging that it was wrong, making amends for it and growing as a person to become politically and ethically a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what happens through the movie. That's what happens by the end. And I like that at the ending, they didn't have him run off with Jillian. They had him go and apologize to Ethan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because that proves to me that what happened in this movie was that he understood what he had done and he was wanting to make amends for it. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that as a character, even, he was <laughs> redeemed is a fraught word to use, but you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Number two is I, I actually liked what they did with it. I liked the fact that, I mean, you talked about someone, one of you I mentioned like the, that's the turf trope, mm-hmm. but it's actually in my mind, a reversal of it. It's instead of like a trans person deceiving people into thinking that they're cis to sleep with them. Which is like the old, tired trope. That's like the, you know, deceptive tranny. That's that's the trope of like every transphobic movie ever made about a trans woman. Mm-hmm. Especially, but also trans men. Um, instead of that, it was a cis person pretending to be trans. Like it, it turned it on its head. So it's not that trans people are bad. It's not decrying trans people for being like deceptive, awful people. It is in fact cis people who are the ones who are taking advantage of their power in the situation mm. and using like a manipulative lie to get fucked and to have sex, which I found that interesting. I found that kind of fun. No, that's um, fair. In a way. 
Um, and I enjoyed that. No, and that's and that's fair. and that's um, also I was reading like the medium post by the director, and that's kind of what he says about it is that um, like he's lying and he's culpable for that lie, but he's also like kind of flipping the script on what um, your expectations are for this kind of story mm-hmm. in a way that I think is not harmful to trans people in the same way no i would i would agree i don't think it's necessarily harmful to trans people in terms of representation things i I would agree with you there Mm -hmm. i I don't see any problems with that i was looking at more like from like i said the revenge of the nerds plot lines which i just i I personally don't like and they kind of ruin things for me uh but you're also have you know valid point in terms of fact like there by the end of it like well i i would agree with you and i would even uh back up your point more by saying like by the end of it the decision to go ahead and apologize rather than to chase the girl, as it were, like that is, I thought, I felt that part very refreshing. Like that was a good part. And I think that if there yeah. was redemption to be found in that plot line, it was by that decision alone. Yeah. Like that decision alone would have done it. And it's like, I don't, I don't love the revenge of the nerds comparison because revenge of the nerds makes light of that kind of sexual assault. It makes it into a joke and it doesn't fully condemn it as wrong right well right whereas this yeah. it's not a joke it's in fact fully explicitly in the text seen as wrong it's explicitly in the text like part of the drama of the movie is that here's this guy doing this awful thing and getting deeper and deeper in this this crime i mean moral crime if not literal crime mm-hmm. that he's committing um and in the end he must redeem himself for it um, in some way. I mean, he doesn't have to, I don't think, even for the movie to be unproblematic, but he does in some sense. And I think, like, so I don't like the Revenge of the Nerds comparison just because I don't think this movie makes light of that situation in the same way. That, I think that That's it fair enough. And I would concede that it's... It's fully self-aware of what's happening and condemns yeah, it. Yeah, I, I would concede mm-hmm. the fact that it's not as bad, and I agree with you, and it does take some more serious things. Um what I would say too, the other part I wanted to touch on in terms of just like decisions and stuff like that, I thought the, um, I thought it was a very good representation too of the, um, of the, of the, the growth the main character had in terms of understanding things, uh, especially as someone who grew up mm-hmm. in a similar scenario. Like I had no access to an outside world, uh, or queer resources. And so like, like I, I, like I admit I was one of those people back in the day. I was like, well, I don't get why gay people need to marry. They can just have a gosh mm-hmm. darn common law relationship i was also uh, i midwestern back then mm-hmm. um but like it's it's i do like the idea of just like eventually like he wisens up a bit enough to realize like i don't know like the decision at the end was a good uh example of all the information learned up to that point um and you could see him like yeah. and like, like i said that, that that part especially when they were watching the news segment and it was the uh the shooting and they're discussing or his friends like you know, I, you can't really blame the guy because, you know, he, you know, if you, if you went down and you, you thought it was a girl and they had a penis and it was a dude, like, like that part was, was heartbreaking. And I don't know, like it, it, it was a good moment of growth there for Adam as well when he realized just like the, 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 the uh, vulnerable group of people that he was emulating uh, or like basically trying to steal from. Yeah. And also I think you see in that scene, I mean, he defends his friend a little bit. He, but he does it incredibly hesitantly and immediately regrets it. And like I think you see there in his friend who he used to be, who Adam came from, and how throughout the film he had progressed toward what he ultimately becomes, which is 
someone who's educated and understands these issues better and is going to try to be an ally going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like a, that was just a, you know, the turning point to like challenge everything that's gone, that's come up so far. Yeah, I remember there yeah. was like a part two where the, where is it, um, uh, the guy or the main character and his sister were talking about the, um, about their own upbringing with their mom. And the, and he said something about like, you know, I never corrected mom when she brought it up at the table. Oh yeah, because the sister wasn't out to the parents. That's what it was. And so at some point in time, she did decide to come out to them as well. And like, I get that. That sucks. Like you, you when you do that, you have to mull over your decisions and like, am I going to do this? Am I not going to do this? So again, like, you know, I, I liked that stuff. I thought it was fairly accurate. Um, and like, I think it was a good kind of, yeah. I think it was a good, cause like, I don't know. When it comes to the whole getting out, and like, this is like a side tangent, but that part in particular, uh, I thought they got really well uh, done. But this problem in a lot of representation that I see, because it's always this large, emotional, over-the-top moment when the person comes out. And, and I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. Um, but at the same time, too, for a lot of people, it's a lot more complicated. Like, do you bring it up? Do you not mm-hmm. bring it up? Like, you, well, yeah, and you have a reason to do yeah, it. Yeah, and like, um, and you ha- you might have reasons not to. Exactly. So, like, I like the fact that they at least showed, and I think this is one of the first examples that I've seen where they show the decision making process in that because it is different for everyone. I mean, don't get me wrong. I look forward to a, a time where nobody comes out, but I mm-hmm. like the fact that when they do show it for what it is now, it's a complicated mess of, you know maybe you will maybe you won't maybe one day you will it'll sound weird and yeah no i liked that i liked that look into it yeah yeah i think that uh Mm. if it was just a if it was trying to make a point i think it fails but if it was just a character study of let's throw a character into this situation and like watch them grow and see what happens i think it succeeds yeah that's sort of where i draw the line yeah another thing about Another thing about the premise that I think we should talk about is um, the fact that Adam isn't like a grown man. He's like a 17-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's critical for this story to work. I think that's critical for him to work as a kind of ethically ambiguous character rather than just Mm. a monster. Um, And I also think that it adds other ethical qualms to the movie like Jillian knew that he was lying about being trans and knew that he was lying about his age and kept sleeping with him. Yeah. Right? So that, that, mm-hmm. that, and that's kind of like the, the awkward part of it. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I agree with you. Like it's a plot. It was necessary because it, like, it's kind of a, we, it's like a, a, a version of a coming of age film uh, of him coming in terms with, you know, what it meant to be queer stuff like that. And, and, mm-hmm. and the age timing, I think it's perfect because it's the idea of just leaving high school um and like going entering the world exactly entering the world so kind of being exposed to it uh especially from a more conservative place but it's it's like i don't know i don't know how to square away with the fact that he's 17 i keep like i guess i keep pushing it out of my mind but he was 17 and like you said she knew it so well and that's the thing is i think what one thing this movie sort of succeeds at is having ethically ambiguous characters and a like a moral Mm -hmm. dilemma like a kind of a moral drama that is not clear-cut that is like complicated and difficult and kind of there are a lot of bad actors acting against each other the the actors actors are fine you know what i mean yeah um Mm -hmm. but like jared leto playing you know the fact that he is 17 is important because he was this young 
like incredibly naive and ignorant, horny teenage boy who is thrust into a world and a culture that he knows nothing about and has this label put on him that he doesn't really understand fully. And he kind of just leans into it because, you know, it's a fuck up and it is wrong. But you can also kind of understand why a scared and confused teenage boy would kind of lean into this and like end up going down this dark road right yeah. and it it works if you, if you understand this movie not as like trying to present models for good behavior which i really hope no one thinks is trying to do yeah. but just presenting a scenario that honestly watching this movie i could see this happening <laughs> Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's something I kind of liked about yeah, it. Yeah. There was certainly lots of points in this movie. And, and I think we should probably get to the last conclusion here. Yeah. The, so like, I guess the last question is on that note is how do we feel about this movie? Like we're, we're going to sum it up. Like, you know, I, I think this is one of the more difficult films, if not the most difficult film we've had to review. Yeah. And I mean, certainly it's controversial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, difficult. I don't mean like girl difficult. I mean, like, it's just like, there's a lot of parts. It's it's a lot less clear cut than Girl. Yeah. In my view. No. Like in terms of like Girl, I can happily just condemn as an awful, yeah. problematic film. If you ask me to my face, do I think that Adam 2019 is problematic? I will stutter and kind of look away and <laughs> probably not be able to say yes, because I don't really know if it is. I think it's dealing with territory that is dangerous. And I think that it's doing so with a level of self-awareness and intent that I think a lot of people didn't give it credit for when the backlash started. I think partially because, number one, the novel was allegedly more problematic than the film. Yeah. But also they hadn't seen it. And the premise, like you read the premise and you're like, how can this possibly be good? There's so many shitty movies made by shitty cis directors that perpetuate shitty tropes so obviously this is just going to be another nightmare and i don't think it was no i would agree with you i yeah i like the the example of just like kind of looking away i if someone asked me if this movie was problematic i would i think my answer would be depends because it all depends on yes like who's watching this and it really does matter this time like i don't feel like trans people were misrepresented misrepresented in this so i don't i don't think that's a problem i don't think queer people in general were misrepresented i thought it was fairly accurate I think it's, I think, Amy, you have a point, which is just, like, it's a lot of uncomfortable topics to touch on. I I guess, personally, I'd wish they'd used a different type of um, mechanism with um, uh, Nicholas to uh, allow him to go through things. I just, I felt that part. Nicholas? Like, it's like, I, I get that it's morally questionable, but. Who's Nicholas? Or, sorry, Nicholas. Do you mean Adam? Adam. Uh, what, sorry. I, meant, I was, I was thinking of the actor who's Nicholas Alexander. Never mind. Adam, yes. Okay. But Adam, like, I just, his morally, like, I, I think that they developed the characters well. I think that the, the critique of queer culture from the point of queer culture uh, was incredibly well done. So for that alone, I would say that part's good representation. I, I, you know what, honestly, I put this, if I had to put it on one side of the scale, I would say this is good. Like, I, I get, I get why it's a problem and I don't disagree with probably most of those points. But I would still say it's a good, it's probably one of the first few really good glimpses into what I would view as non-homogenized queer cinema. I liked it. There you go. (laughs) I don't know. It was like, it was so all over the place that like, it's kind of hard for me to 
tell what somebody would get from it without knowing their exact point of reference. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I yeah. feel like I feel like all of our takes on it were 100% views of our personal experiences in the queer community. But then again, this is also kind of made for cis people. And well, yeah, also, like, who the fuck is this for? But all, yeah. Which it, yeah, exactly. But it's like, I think also it has an interesting take on a normie accidentally drifting into queer a queer um, community, which happens all the time. Yeah. And like, maybe that's something that deserves some representation and is a fun thing to, a fun space to explore through art. Yeah. So it's, I don't know if I could recommend this movie to anybody, but it's, also too hard for me to tell if somebody would love it or hate it without knowing their very very specific background exactly and that's what i meant by with like saying depends because like you know like re if 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 or or amy like if it was one of us and we were hanging out like and be like hey we should probably watch this film like i know you two would be fine with it uh well mostly because we do a podcast but like i know you'd be fine with it but like would i show it to necessarily to somebody who's like I don't know. Yeah. Questioning, like just learning about queer culture. Like this is like, you know what it's like? It's like, it's like, it's a lot. It's like second or third year queer culture. Like 101 stuff is, I would show them things like fucking. Yeah. It's an upper year course. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's your PhD level. Uh, it's your thesis level film. And yeah, it's like, who's it for? I mean, yeah. that's the problem. Cause it's like fucking cis normies would watch that. Like cis het normies would watch this movie and be completely fucking overwhelmed and alienated yeah because it's about queer culture and it's very faithful about queer culture and it's yeah it assumes a level of familiarity with this that i don't think most of those people have yeah but it's also like rad queers like the twitter trans community like the the demographics who would understand that took one look at the premise and we're like, this is out of control, bad, and mm-hmm. we're going to boycott yeah. it. Like, think like, about who the, the think, fuck was this movie for? Think about the, because if you think about the other stuff that we've, like, covered that we reference a lot, like, you know, uh, Danish Girl was meant for, like, you know, artsy movie nerds. Uh, Girl was made for foreign artsy movie nerds. The assignment was, was made, made for, for the, the, the assignment was made for us specifically. Yeah. <laughs> like, so like it's it's I don't know if we've covered a movie that's like cool because okay how about this let's bounce this off of um, Boy Meets Girl Boy Meets Girl okay well th- and that's fair um you, you know what I actually, think about that's like that that's a movie that I think is a little bit for everybody but succeeds unequivocally yeah I think that movie did a better job you know, you know what the best way I can summarize like in terms of like the the like who's this movie for. Um, I think the best way to describe it, it's, it is queer culture by queers, but I don't remember asking for it. I, it's, yeah. it's like, that's the best way I can describe Nobody it. It's like, for this. yes, this is everything that should be. I don't remember asking for this specifically, but yes, sure. I guess, yeah. I guess it exists. <laughs> so it's, it's, so you're saying, you're saying that, sir, this is an Arby's. <laughs> yeah. This is an Arby's. Yeah, exactly. By the way, just as a side note, because we completely all miss this, uh, the club bouncer at the lesbian bar, it, it, the cast is listed here. Uh, her name is uh, Eva Las Vegas. I live for that shit. I love that. There's, um, uh, sorry, one thing we should touch on before we wrap this up, which is there was another controversy around this movie, which was that a bunch of extras, like trans oh, extras yes. who were in the film, came out um, like on Twitter when the movie was coming out and basically said that they weren't treated well on 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 set on set and that they weren't treated well by this like um production crew they were misgendered that they 
the caterer didn't know what the film was that they were in. They weren't given the script. I mean, not being given the script for the movie they are an extra in is pretty common. But yeah, that they they weren't fully aware of what they were participating in. That the the wardrobe wasn't necessarily in line with what they would present, how they would present themselves based on their gender, that kind of thing. Yeah, there was even I, there was even a note here that the caterer compared uh, uh, one of the cast members, uh, the, one of the trans people on set, to a neutered cat. Um, oh yeah. yeah I'm just reading it right no, now um, oh. it's, it's the director oh, and some of the sucks. upper yeah it's fucked up yeah um, and like I believe them yeah no that sounds um, like that sounds accurate it sounds plausible um, it sounds like something that you know shitty production crew who I can't imagine most of the production crew were like the kind of like they didn't woke. have to go through sensitivity training before started filming apparently so the director has commented on this and said that actually he did try I mean, the director is a trans guy, and presumably that was, name was Buck re- relatively more conscious of this than most directors would be. He did try to do sensitivity training for the crew. He did do pronoun check-ins with the extras, but it just didn't follow through. And like people were shitty, um, and oh, yeah. I believe that. I'm not really sure how that makes me feel in terms of understanding the film as a film. Yeah, it's it's still one of those things it's because a, I, it's I, a gross stain on this i would well, say well it it is and it's also a really good point to highlight in terms of some of the uh the outside factors that are difficult in queer people being parts of films uh, or the difficulties they will encounter yeah. which is like stuff like you know it's it goes it, like this point is a valid point like i guess like some people may not even think about the fact like on set that these people have to exist as they are and if you just have some people that aren't it gets really miserable really quick yeah, like even if you have like the director as a trans person and you have the writer as a like lesbian and you have the major cast as like trans and queer people and you have people of color involved and you have various um like the the upper level production is very self-consciously inclusive even then you have lower level production crew who are just caterers and just like um, video people and people who hold the camera who are not involved in the scene whatsoever and are dismissive and shitty. And so, I mean, I think that's a problem that goes much farther than this movie. And I don't know how fair it is, in my view, to pin all of that on any one person involved in the production. No, um, I, and I would agree with you. I don't, I don't really, like, I don't know. Like, that to me doesn't really... Like, I don't want to sound dismissive in terms of, like, well, it's going to happen, but, like, it is going to happen, and it's shitty for now, but I don't think it would, I don't think it would happen any differently on any other set, and from what I understand and from what I've read, the director tried to do everything they could, so. Yeah, and it's like, you know, one of the ways that this kind of thing stops happening as much is having this, I mean, I, it, I, I have to rephrase that because it's going to make me sound like we need more movies like Adam, but um, like to, <laughs> to have me more movies Eve. that are like self-consciously inclusive with production mm. crew and cast who are involved in the community and are making efforts. If you have more and more movies like that, that situation will improve. But we do yeah. need those movies mm-hmm. to get made for that yeah. to improve broadly in the industry, right? You mm-hmm. need these crew to have more exposure to that. Then that kind of falls into something that's, you know, maybe my final, one of my final like verdicts on this is that like personally, 
I, and like, this is a privileged position, but I prefer people to take a swing and miss rather than not swing at all. No, I agree. Which a lot of, a lot of queer people would disagree with me, like, vehemently, and I recognize that it's a very privileged position to take, but, like, I would rather see movies like Adam get made and, like, fuck up than, like, yeah. not get made at all. Yeah, yeah. and so it's, it's interesting, like, like, representation always starts off shitty, like, as possible, but it's only through presenting it shitty and then critiquing it and then doing it better the next time. Like, I don't know if you can do representation in a better way. I would imagine even if you tried to give, like, you know, there, this was done by a queer person and the sto- source material was written by a queer person and there's still critique valid that's in it. So I would agree with the notion that uh, having the, the group that you're trying to represent produce the film would uh, lessen the amount of bullshit that you have to sort through, but it would still produce bullshit regardless. Yeah. Anyway, right. um, I'm sure some of our audience will disagree. And, like, I genuinely think that there is, like, good discussion to be had about this movie. And I yeah. am a little bit disappointed that that discussion didn't continue after it was announced. It seemed that the movie was announced, everyone read the premise and saw the trailer, and levied their critiques, and then it got released, oh. and everyone kind of forgot about it by then. Yeah, well, their, their ratings are all over the place. Because, like, on IMDb, uh, it's rated 2.1 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it 73%. Uh, Metacritic's like 6.9. Yeah, I mean, there was, you know, a coordinated campaign to give this movie bad reviews before it came out, which happens. Yeah, like, like, I, I understand. I, which, for it, the record, I understand. If you're one of the people who went and gave Adam a one-star review on IMDb when you saw the trailer, I get it. And that's yeah. okay. It doesn't matter. I mean, stop, stop, stop it. Like, knock it in the, in the future. We forgive you. Knock it off in the future. Right? I don't think it's productive. But I, 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 I wouldn't condemn someone for ranking it lowly if they felt it wasn't. Um, but at the same time, too, would I personally do it? No, I actually, I think this is fairly good. And I think that because of the controversy, I think it got unfairly tarnished before it had a chance to, because there's a lot to pull apart to speak here. for itself. You know, even the director mm-hmm. said, like, I saw the premise and I like freaked out and was incredibly skeptical. And then I actually read the script and was more okay with directing this film. And like, he's a trans man. And like, I kind of feel the same way. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like uh, for, if you know, on a wider scale, it's kind of like in a sense, the Joker movie to some degree, even though that one did really well. Um, like a lot of people were trying to pin it as just, this going to be this pro incel white man generator shooting thing but it was actually pretty like decent like you know it's i think it got more attention than it deserved in terms of the positive sense but like at the same time too it was it wasn't as bad and like if you if people had just written that film off and not seen it and like taken away what it was like you know i just think it's unfair like i i just wish people yeah, yeah if you're gonna if, a chance if you are gonna watch this movie watch it with like some friends who you don't mind who you're down to like go through some weird shit with and have like a weird just like uncomfortable discussion with yeah. afterwards get get a little drink in the park with after dark yeah. yeah partake in your inebriation of choice get a good group together watch this movie and then have some like conversations about it afterwards like that's yeah. that's what it's and then uh, go to your knitting circles afterwards that's where it deserves to yeah. be there we go so yeah 2019 film fucking adam I would honestly, we, I would love to hear from people what they think of this film because yeah, I think there's too. a lot to take away from this. So, like, if you've hey, actually like, watched it, let us know. And like, yeah. you know, I walked into it expecting to have all of the hateful takes that everyone already shared, but like, I 
find myself having said almost nothing bad about this movie this entire hour. Like, yeah, I liked it for the most part. It was incredibly painful, but yeah, oh yeah, oh god, some of it, I almost stopped watching the beginning because it was just like I can't watch The Office, so the awkwardness in this was just it was too real. It was too fucking real. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, Adam, 2019 film. Give it a watch. Let us know. Please and thank you. We would love to hear from you. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much it for today's show. Uh, quick shout out to our Patreons. Thank you guys so much. We love you. And that's pretty much all I want to say to you guys. Thank you. Love you. I love you. And um, yeah, so uh, please join us again next week. We're probably going to do something else. Or not. Who knows? Uh, all right. We love you all. And we will talk to you all in probably the week. Well, we won't talk to you. Well, we'll talk to you, but fuck it. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.